If you are a leader seeking personal growth, you are in the right place. I am Nini Ellison, publishing a monthly podcast on soft skills that are needed as never before in your leadership journey. Today, we are going to explore the soft skill of indirect communication. Learning the skill of indirect communication fosters positive working relationships that impacts the morale and efficiency of those you influence. As a leadership strategist, I consult and coach experienced leaders who understand that developing as a leader lacks momentum without personal growth and soft skill development. The struggle in the marketplace is real as leaders today seek to learn the changes that are needed to grow and retain their employees. To discuss this further, set up a call with me at healthyleadership.online. Sharing hope is a form of indirect communication. And on the podcast today, we're going to celebrate leaders in generations gone by who have influenced the world with their writing. As Polonius said in Hamlet, we will, by indirections, find directions out. Michael Ward, an English literary critic and distinguished professor, puts it this way, hope can only be seen out of the corner of one's eye. Let's acknowledge out loud that life is difficult painful, unfair, and unpredictable. When we're in the midst of difficulties that are beyond our control and sometimes beyond our comprehension, there's an increased need for leaders to use their unique gifts and talents to uncover hope, even if it's only seen from the corner of their eyes. The pursuit of hope is each leader's choice. Hope doesn't arrive uninvited, but awaits a leader who pursues with confident expectation that hope is real. The word hope is a noun and a verb. As a noun, hope is revealed through leaders' aspirations and expectations. As a verb, hope is demonstrated through leaders' actions and choices. Martin Luther said everything that is done in the world is done by hope. Underlying this message today is a celebration of you, the leader who chooses to pursue hope. I am going to be talking about you. This is one small way I can give appreciation to the leaders I see around the world who choose to put time and energy into growing as hope-filled leaders. Why is this such an important topic for leaders? To put it simply, one of the top needs of those who follow you is hope. So on with the three decisions that I've chosen to talk about today as we think about hope-filled leaders. First. You, as a hope-filled leader, chooses your perspective on hope. You don't have to write it down or memorize it. When you decide to choose the path of hope, it spills out of you. You live it, focusing on the best in people, not the worst. You choose to encourage the development of other skills and talents. You encourage others to dream bigger, and then you come alongside and say, how can I help you? Even when the work environment is toxic or the morale is so low, you think it couldn't get any worse or when there is death and destruction all around. Hope-filled leaders still believe that tomorrow holds opportunities. Hope-filled leaders don't leave their purpose behind. They are forward-thinking, inspiring, enthusiastic, and positive. I am not saying that there is an ignorance of all that is going wrong, but I am saying that if you, as a leader, want to turn things around, it cannot, it will not, begin by consistently focusing on everything that is wrong. If you and I were working on a SWOT analysis, you know, the strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats, 
You would still know where the weaknesses and threats lie, but you would strive for the balance of knowing and building up strengths and opportunities. It almost goes without saying that hope plays a key role in moving weaknesses and threats into opportunities and, and even strengths. The discipline of your mindset, choosing to be positive within the reality and the harshness of life is really all in your hands. Leaders who are paying attention will avoid getting sucked into the negativity. They will fight against this kind of mindset. In fact, as you keep your desires forward focused, you will see and think things before others do. This is how you bring hope to the foreground in yet another way, by choice. Not long ago, I was working with a leader who was outlining everything that was wrong with his work life. He was right. There were some really negative things going on. And as he came to the end of the litany of negative comments and concerns, I asked him, what do you want to do about this? I can't do anything. Nothing? Nope. This is all out of my control and it is blowing my life up. As our conversation continued and I pursued different questions, the leader found one area where he felt he could change something. I could see a slight shift in his perspective. And he agreed to continue seeking a shift in that one area. We agreed to a plan and that the next time we met, if he wanted to, we would even make more inroads into what he could choose to do. However, before our next meeting, this employee had turned in his resignation and walked out of work abruptly. Why am I sharing this discouraging story? Well, the bottom line is that choosing hope is hard work. It's always easier to tear something or someone down rather than build them up, even when that person is you. A critical change in perception comes when one acknowledges that hope can grow through failure. Failure is not final or fatal. If you are connected with someone who cannot see hope, take time to continue to explore possibilities, new perspectives. Expose them to inspirational stories of people just like them who have chosen a different path. Help them identify their fears. Choosing hope takes more than just a surface level of commitment. The path to changing perceptions begins with an exploration of your inner desires that nourish your own body, mind, and soul. The balance of the physical, mental, and spiritual is essential in fully understanding the role of hope in your leadership and in your life. And for me, as a person of faith, this idea of the presence of hope has been revealed to me as a part of my own journey of seeing and experiencing God. Let's share the second thing about a hope-filled leader. The second decision of a hope-filled leader is that you choose persistence. You never give up. I want to be clear that when I say a hope-filled leader never gives up, I'm not talking about a specific activity or role or even job. I'm talking about a leader who is grounded in who they are, whether they're coming into, going out of, or remaining in the same environment, the same role, the same community. Hope is bigger than one event. There's often more going on that meets the eye. Life as a leader is so much more than single moments, difficulty, or events where hope appears buried in pain. As a leader, you recognize that there's no way a leader can see the entire picture, and yet you persist to see more. Even when someone you lead gives up, you continue to be you. You continue to see possibilities around you. You remain creative. You persevere. Collaboration continues. 
you do not draw into yourself to only take care of you. You believe that hope fuels forward movement. A story that reminds me that hope is bigger and broader than we can conceive comes from Helen Keller. Born in 1880, Helen, near the age of two, became both deaf and blind. Her early childhood was filled with moments of difficulty, events where hope was buried in pain. I'm calling the story I'm going to tell you surrounding Helen Keller a tale of four leaders, 1812 to 1968. The first leader in my tale is Charles Dickens. Considered by many as the greatest writer of the Victorian era, Dickens used his writing to impact social change and inspired others to help those suffering in oppression and poverty. While visiting in the USA, Dickens visited and later wrote about his experience at the Institute for the Blind in Boston, where he met Laura Bridgman. Enter the second leader in my tale, Laura Bridgman. Laura was the first deafblind American child to persist in getting a significant education in the English language. The third leader was Kate Keller, Helen's mom. In my tale, it's important to note that Kate struggled the most with hope, yet she never gave up. At one of her lowest points, she recalls reading from one of her favorite authors, Charles Dickens, in a piece called American Notes, where she learns about the Perkins Institute in Boston. She sends in an application to this institution for a tutor for her daughter, Helen. The fourth leader in this tale is Anne Sullivan Macy. Anne, too, had an earlier illness that had left her blind. And even with the death of her mother and two years later the desertion of her father, Anne persisted. After only a partial successful eye surgery, Anne continued her studies at the Perkins Institute and graduated at the head of her class in 1886. And it is Anne who was selected as a tutor for the six-year-old Helen Keller. Each of these four people, who themselves had experienced pain, suffering, abandonment, and ridicule, had a profound effect on the outcome of Helen Keller's life. Yet it is Anne's name that is inseparably linked with that of a blind girl living in hopelessness. This is a story of hope that is known the world over, a story that spans 150 years and includes the tale of four leaders, leaders who persisted, not in telling the world that they had hope, but letting hope spill out of them as a result of their choices. Helen once said, nothing can be done without hope and confidence. So I've shared two decisions that you make as a hope-filled leader. First, you are the one who chooses your perspectives. And secondly, you are the one who persists. Third, you are the one who understands that your gift of hope continues long after you are gone. In pursuing hope, you provide for others yet another path of growth. In 2011, a young girl named Autumn Hope was introduced to TV viewers as her story represented one of the millions of homeless kids living in the USA following the recession. Autumn and her brother were living with their father in a delivery truck. When asked questions about living in a truck, Autumn replied, It's not an embarrassment. It's life. You just do what you need to do. The same night that story was aired, people came by her truck offering help. One was the president of Stetson University, who offered Autumn a full scholarship. As time went by, 
Still, there were obstacles to overcome as Autumn's father lost custody of his children and Autumn was then bounced from foster home to foster home. There were times when she almost lost hope. Then, with support from a loving foster family, Autumn was encouraged to get back in touch with Stetson University. Almost 10 years after the 2011 TV story, Autumn Hope graduated from Stetson University on the dean's list. When asked about her experience in being able to gain an education, she said, I am so grateful. I know this is a gift. Hope-filled leaders are able to give gifts that keep on giving. As you continue to write your story of being a hope-filled leader, let me encourage you to pursue fresh thoughts outside of your chosen profession. What I continue to learn is that recognizing and embracing ideas that cross professions opens doors for exponential growth. If you are struggling to nail down how hope shows up in your leadership, don't hold back. Spend time with leaders who don't have the same assumptions as you, who don't have the same perspectives as you. If you're like me, there are times when my perspective is skewed. And with information and data flying at incredible frequencies, I know there are days I need to raise a flag, identifying me as a newbie, someone who must learn from others. So hope deepens with endurance. Some parts of the journey to discover hope are wonderful. Others are treacherous and others, quite frankly, are, are monotonous. Let hope show up in your perspectives, your persistence, and the provision you make for those whose lives you are impacting, not only for today, but for the days to come. If you're serious about being ready for exponential growth, we need to talk. You can connect with me at healthyleadership.online to chat about an experience that can change the trajectory of your leadership journey. Here's a fun fact to close with about the impact of hope. Remember my tale of four leaders? At age 75, Helen Keller completed a 40,000-mile trek across Asia. I'm inspired, and I hope you are too. This is Nina Ellison thanking you for joining me today on The Art of Leadership. Leadership.